man, I'm so excited to be back here with you. I know you guys, it's cold out, so thanks for trudging this awful weather to get here. I know the roads are icy. I know it's, it was like 10 degrees when I got in my car today. That's just cold. And it reminded me, I'm from upstate New York originally, so it reminded me of my roots back home. And I don't miss it <laughs> at all. I am so thankful to be in Delaware. Um, maybe would even be okay being a little, a little bit further south <laughs> where it's a little bit warmer. But thanks for coming out in the cold weather. We sure are happy to see you. And, of course, we are so happy to have our fearless leader, Pastor Allen, back in the building. It's nice to have the presence of our master pastor here. Hmm. So, a couple of weeks ago, I had an opportunity to spend time with you guys and talk about um, responsibility. So, we're going to continue along those lines. This is part two. Can you hear me now? Ooh, now you can. Look at that. Just need an antenna. Who knew? <laughs> Good job, David. Way to come through. We appreciate it. Dave Davis does a great work here, and we're thankful that he's with us. So, we're talking about responsibility. And we're going to continue along this line of responsibility. I'm going to kind of recap what we talked about a couple weeks ago. And then I'm going to dive in a little bit deeper into what God has laid on my heart. And I'm super excited. Are you guys excited for the journey? Yes, I am excited for the journey too. So if you guys remember, this whole idea of responsibility, if you remember, I had a couple of plants up here, and one we were responsible with, the other we weren't very responsible with, Carrie's smiling because she understands. One was not doing so, it was on this side, the other was doing really well because of the responsibility and the care. And I, I thought about the responsibility of us and um, something that has power. And if you guys ever had something with power and you have to make sure they're responsible with it. So the first thing that came to mind was a gun. So a gun has great power that can come along with it. Would you guys agree with that? Like, there's so much power that can come. I mean, it can take somebody's life. Like, it's a big deal to own a gun, and there takes, there's great responsibility that comes along with it. If you don't study to learn how to use it and attend classes and practice with it and spend time, you're not going to know how to use it, and therefore it could be a deadly weapon. But with this power of a gun, we understand that we have to put time and effort into knowing how to use it. And then as a dad that has a 16-year-old son driving and a 15-year-old daughter taking driver's ed, I think about the power of a vehicle. And I think about the responsibility that comes along with driving a 4,000-ton or pound piece of metal down the highway at 65 miles an hour. That's kind of scary. I'm thankful that Tyler's an excellent driver. A little concerned about Maddie, if I'm honest. I love you. <laughs> but this responsibility that, that we have as drivers with this power of a vehicle, and if we don't put time and effort into learning how to drive this vehicle, if we don't put time and effort into understanding the power behind it, it could become something that could be deadly. We could get in accidents. And I think about something silly like an, a smartphone. My smartphone is way smarter than me. And some of this untapped potential that's in the phone, I don't even know. A lot of us with a smartphone, like some of us just call and text. Some of these, whatever generation they are, understand that they dive in a little bit deeper to understand really how you can use this to its full potential. 
And there's some power within a cell phone that we, it's untapped. We don't even know. So we have great responsibility to use it properly. So all of this thought of responsibility has kind of come into play. So let's recap what we talked about. Pulled this from Spider-Man. With great power comes great responsibility. And last week we talked about recognizing the power of God. And we talked, we talked a lot about like understanding how big and how mighty and how powerful God is. And for us as disciples of Christ, like we've had an opportunity to experience and study it. So we kind of have an understanding. But really, if we're honest, really understanding the power of God is honestly a hard concept for us. Just because of our brains. And then realizing that the power of God lives inside of us. That's such a huge concept for us to understand. It's such a huge concept. So when I was studying for this, I was looking at my study Bible, and listen to what it says as it relates to the power that lives inside of us. The extraordinary divine power. So right from there, like I love how it describes this power. The extraordinary divine power by which Christ was raised from the dead is the same power at work in and through believers. Wow! That just like floored me when I, when I read that. Like, if, like I, tried to really, I tried to wrap my head around this concept, but the same power, the, the fact that Jesus was raised from the dead is a huge deal. That's, that's something that is our, the foundation of our faith, that Jesus Christ died, he was dead, put away in a tomb, was dead for three days and then rose again. That's like the, one of the basic foundations of our faith. To realize that that power that raised Jesus from the dead resides within us as believers? Whoo! So when I really think about that, I'm like, man, oh man, am I responsible with that power that lives within inside of me? Is, there that pow- is that power within me untapped? Because I feel like there's so much potential with inside of us, us as, in us as believers that goes untapped. I feel like we don't really spend the time and effort into finding out what this power's all about and really dive into understanding how we can tap in to this amazing power that lives inside of you as believers. That, that's, that concept for me has just been like really, really working on me. So as we're going through this, this is the question that I've been wrestling with. How should we be responsible with the power of the Holy Spirit? How should we be responsible with it? So if we understand that God is amazingly powerful, and we can read all through the Bible about how amazingly powerful God is, and we understand that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead and did all these amazing things resides within us, if we can understand those two things, how should we be responsible with this power? How should we? I was talking to Pastor Seth after a sermon. And he mentioned something to me that has really, really stuck with me. And I love the fact that we have a pastoral team and even y'all that can come to us and share ideas because it's a really big deal for us. So pastor sat, we were standing, we are actually standing right here after we preached last week. And he said, I want to share something with you. And this is the story Seth shared with me. He said, a little while back, I was at a Youth for Christ conference. And pastor Seth was sitting in the, in the crowd and he said, the speaker said to me, what is the responsibility of an apple tree? So I'm going to ask you the same question. 
what is the responsibility of an apple tree? And maybe like me, because I responded to Seth and I said, to grow apples. That's the responsibility of an apple tree. And Seth's like, no, (laughs) that is not the responsibility of an apple tree. The responsibility of an apple tree is to grow roots, is to, to find the foundation, to find the good soil, grow roots with nourishment and life so that it can produce the fruit. There's a big difference there. There's a really big difference there. And that idea has just like, oh my word, like that's, that's like changed me a little bit. It's changed my mindset because if we think about our Christian walk, we are so focused on the fruit that we're missing digging deep and planting our roots in good soil. Because if we think about, we are looking to fill our lives with joy and love and peace, and we want this fruit, and we want the fruit to be part of our lives, and we want to show this fruit, but we find it in the wrong places. We look in the wrong things. We go to stuff. We go to alcohol. We go to drugs. We go to sports. We go to school. We go to family. We go to all these places to try to seek this joy and find this joy and this peace, and we're looking in the wrong place. Because like this tree, as you can see with the roots that are spreading out and growing into good soil, that's the reason why it's able to produce fruit. Look at this. This is cool. So I was reading also one of my devotions. This is from Henry T. Blackaby. And if any of you know him, uh, he wrote this amazing study. It's called Experiencing God. That's a really in-depth study about how we should be as Christians and experience life as a Christian. Look at what he says. In our zeal to produce results for our Lord, we sometimes become so intent on fruit production that we neglect abiding in Christ. We feel that abiding is not as productive Or that it takes too much time away from our fruit production. Yet Jesus said that it is not our activity that produces fruit. It is our relationship with him. Woo! That was so good. That was so deep for me. And I love how this just happened to be a devotion that I did after I spoke to Seth. Just happened to be a happenstance. There's no way that God had anything to do with that. (laughs) I'm glad you laughed at that because that was a joke. (laughs) So the idea that we are so focused on the fruit production that we're missing where the fruit comes from, and that's us being deeply rooted in truth. So this idea, so what's our responsibility with the power of the Holy Spirit? How should we be responsible? By seeking Him. By seeking God. Not... Not just, and this is like, this whole idea of seek has just been like, kind of messed with me too. God's been really working on me the last, like, if I'm honest, the last like probably three days or four days. But God's been really working on me through this message because if we're honest, sometimes our focus isn't where it should be. Sometimes our focus is on all over the place when we actually, if we take the time, if we take the time to be laser focused on him, he uncovers so much. And we're able, to un, we're able to tap into that power that lives within inside of us, and then we can be different. But when we try to do it on our own, 
and search, search for things of the society and culture that say are important, and we're grasping for straws that way, and we're like, I can find joy here. I can find peace here. I can find self-control over here. No, you can't. Where you can find it is by seeking after him. Him, the one that made you, the one that created you, the one that knew that you were going to need something even though he created you, you were going to need something more, so he left the Holy Spirit to live with inside of you so that he can help you live. Seeking after him to understand that incredible power is such a big idea. And let me ask you, church family, do we do that enough? Do we seek after God the way that God has called us to seek after him? Matthew 6.33. Woo! I love this for a couple of reasons. First of all, it's red writing, which means Jesus is speaking, which I love. Every time I open the Bible and I'm looking at a verse and it's red writing, I'm like, oh my word, Jesus Christ is literally speaking these words. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first, not seek success, not seek your family, not seek love, not seek whatever you want to put, put your thing that you're seeking before God in that place. No, no, no. Seek God first. Seek him first above everything. Nothing should come above God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And we're going to come back to that because as you can see, this is the first part of the verse. There's a second part of the verse, but before we get that, let's see what the Bible says about us seeking and how we should seek. Because some of us are like, okay, I gotta do my devotion today, so, all right, let's see what my devotion says. It says to read just this one. It's like one, one verse, okay, I can do that. Okay, God, thank you. Yep, reading that, that's great. All right, God, let me, thank you so much for allowing me to spend time with you today. Is that our quiet time? Is there depth there? Because look at what the Bible tells us about seeking God. Why this is such an important idea to be responsible with this. Seek the Lord your God and you will find him. If, if, if you seek him with all of your heart and all of your soul. Not when you're like exhausted and just have to check a box that you actually spent time with God today. No, no, no. This is something that you are all in for. You are fully surrendered to. You are giving it all of your time and effort with all of your heart and all of your soul. That's such a big deal. This isn't like some kind of pastime. This isn't something just to do to check a box. No, you are seeking after God with everything that you have. Because you see the importance. Look at Jeremiah 29, a minor pro- or a prophet in the Bible. He's not minor, major. Did you guys know that the difference between major and minor prophets is because the major prophets were way more important? I'm just kidding. Major prophets just mean that they had a lot more to say and that there was more written about. And the minor books are just smaller. That's all. And you will seek me. So this is God talking to Jeremiah the prophet. And you will seek me. And find me when you search me with all of your heart. How are you seeking after God? Look at what it says in Second Chronicles. I just love this idea of seeking. If my people who are called by my name, that's you, that's me, that's believers in Christ. If my people are called by my name, oh, this is a big one. Humble yourselves. Woo! That's a big idea. 
So humbling myself means that I got to put my wants and desires aside and focus on God's? Yep. That's a foreign thing to us. That's a hard thing because I want what I want when I want it. But you know what God tells us? Uh Uh-uh. Humble yourself and pray and seek my face. I love the way that he breaks that down. Think about this. Seek my face is just such an intimate thing to say to me. Humble, pray, and seek my face. And turn away from your wicked ways. Oh, man. We don't want to do that because that that stuff's fun. I still want to live here. Mm -mm. Seek, humble, pray. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. How many of you would like to be forgiven of your sin and be healed? Listen to what God says, or Jesus says here. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. Everything flows from that. When we seek after God, genuinely, deeply, intently, with a great commitment, in all of our heart, in all of our soul, and we are in line and in tune with him, he's going to reveal things to us that we never knew were there. Because it's the power of the Holy Spirit living inside us. That's what he's trying to get you to understand. That's what he's trying. When we seek after him, he's going to help us understand the power and the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. But we need to seek after him. How are you seeking after God? Are you doing it as a pastime? Are you really, really, really diving deep? So I'm going to sit. I'm going to actually pull. Oh, man, the chairs are gone. That's okay. I'll sit on the stage. Just kidding. We're going to be in John 15. And this whole idea of roots and vines and the depth of our relationship, I'm going to, I just love this verse and how, how, it, how it ties in with all of this. So, again, if you don't know, John is one of the gospel writers. That's great, Paul. Thank you. John is one of the gospel writers. So here's John. There's four gospel writers. We got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. John is one of the gospel writers. And gospel, what gospel means is good news. So these four guys, at different times throughout their lives, they actually wrote about the ministry of Jesus, about Jesus' life. So John is one of those guys that actually got to live in Jesus' time and be with Jesus. So this is John, and John also had a really great relationship with Jesus. If you ever read about John, he had this very intimate relationship with Jesus. Very, very intimate. So this is John writing what Jesus said. Again, red letters, which means that Jesus is speaking. Listen to what he says. And um, Sorry, chapter 15, verse 1. I, this is Jesus, am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. So right from the jump, we're understanding, so we have this vine, we have branches that are rooted in the vine, the vine is Jesus, so we're the branch, and when we get rooted in Jesus, when we get rooted in the vine, we can experience and understand what it means to have the power of the Holy Spirit. But listen to what it says, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So he's pruning the branches that aren't doing the work of God, that aren't really getting it, that aren't really understanding. And every branch that bears fruit, 
So those of us that are like doing our best to be rooted in the vine and be responsible with our faith and do our best to seek him when we're doing that and we're growing deeper and deeper in our faith and being more and more rooted in the vine, that's when we're able to branch off and bear this fruit. And then the great thing about this, this is where the power of the Holy Spirit blows me away. The great thing about this is that as we do this and grow deeper and our roots get more and more implanted in the vine of Jesus Christ, as we continue to grow deeper and deeper in our understanding, we're going to bear fruit, but then Jesus is going to prune those. And then because he's pruning those, because he's getting the junk out of the way of that fruit, you're able to bear more fruit. So you're going to bear more fruit and more fruit and more fruit. The more that you dive in, the more that you spend time with Jesus, the more that you are actually fully committed to him and you're responsible with your faith. That's a cool thought. Because for me, I think a lot of us, what we do is we not only focus on the fruit production, but a lot of us are content with, I got a little fruit, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Nah, there's so much untapped potential inside of you because Jesus Christ himself is living inside of you. There is so much fruit to come from him, and yet we are just pushing it down, and we're pushing Jesus down. We're not allowing him to come out of us because we're so focused on the wrong things. But when we seek him and we dive deep into the word and we allow him to do the work, that's when the fruit keeps coming and more and more fruit come and you blossom into the man or woman of God that he desires you to be. That's huge, guys. I'm going to continue. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. This is, this is, abide in me and I in you. Do you guys know the meaning of abide? To dwell, to live within. So Jesus here is like, hey, believer, hey, disciple, hey, you Christian, that you say you're a disciple, come here. I want you to experience all of me. The only way that you're going to be able to do that is to live within me and allow me to live with inside of you. Are we allowing God to live inside of us the way that he desires and wants to so desperately live inside of you? Abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself, you can't do this on your own. You can't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit Without the Holy Spirit. You guys get that, right? You can't bear the fruit of the Holy Spirit without the Holy Spirit. And so many of us try to do that. We're like, I'm a good person. I'm doing this good. Well, are you residing and abiding in and with the Holy Spirit? That's the question. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, Jesus says. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. (laughs) Let me read that again. For without me, you can do nothing. Listen, believer. Listen, disciple of Christ. You have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. When you make that decision to follow him, follow him. No, no, no. 
Like really, truly found. Be like a disciple where they literally think about the disciples. Jesus said, come follow me. And what did they do? Okay, well, let me go, let me go do my taxes. And I got to work this week out because I got to make sure that I get enough money to come along. I got to go say goodbye to my family. Um, there's some things I got to get done around the house to make sure. No, no, no. Jesus said, come follow me. And they're like, drop everything. Come follow me. Do we do that? Are you willing to give up whatever it takes to follow Jesus the way that he wants you to follow him? Are you willing to experience this amazing power that lives within inside of you, to experience this fruit of the Holy Spirit that wants to come out of you? Are you willing to let go of whatever it takes so that you can experience it? It's kind of quiet in here because I know each one of us are thinking about something that we're not willing to let go of. Or that we're having a hard time of letting go. That, that's what Jesus is calling us to do. Let it go. Don't start singing a song. <laughs> if anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. And they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you... You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Look at this. This is such a big deal. Because we sometimes take verses like this out of context. Because when we're not in tune with the Holy Spirit, we think this verse says, well, I can pray to God and he's going to give me whatever I want. No, 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 no. Look at what it says. When you abide in him, in him and you, when you are in tune and have a good relationship with Jesus Christ and you're responsible with that power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of you and you are following him with everything that you have, then your heart is going to be in tune with God's heart. And that's why he's like, okay, your heart's in a good spot. I can now give you what you're asking because I know that your desires are my desires. That, sometimes we miss that. Well, like, if I just pray, then God's going to give it to me. Hold on. Where's your heart? Where's your heart in it? If you abide in me and my words abide in you. Love that. And then verse 8, it says, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. If I were to ask you a question, if I were to ask you this question, what is the responsibility of a Christian. What is your response? What is the responsibility of a Christian? Not only that, let me ask you another question. How can you tell if someone is a Christian? How can you tell? Can you tell? When you talk to somebody or when you interact with somebody, can you tell? Can you tell that Seth is a disciple of Christ? Can you tell that Louis is a disciple of Christ? Can you tell that Stephanie is a disciple of Christ? And the answer, if the answer is yes, how? We can tell we're different because we're tapping in to that power that lives with inside of us, which is allowing us to bear the fruit of Jesus Christ. And I fear that maybe we don't do that enough. Because it comes down to this for me. Galatians 5.22. If you're truly responsible 
with the power of the Holy Spirit, if you're truly seeking God the way that you should, and therefore understand this power that lives with inside of you, if you truly are genuinely, deeply, intentionally committed to your walk with Christ and given it with all of your soul and all of your heart, then your fruit, no, 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 the Holy Spirit's fruit should be shining. Look at what it says, but the fruit of the Spirit, this fruit, this Holy Spirit that lives within inside of you, when we tap into it, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and ooh, this is a big one, self-control. You will fail at these things if you are not deeply rooted in truth. You will not experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit as it says here in these amazing fruit that live with inside of you that are just looking to burst out of you. You will not experience all of these amazing things if you're not firmly grounded in truth. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh. You've died to all that old stuff and its passions with desires. If we say we live in the Spirit, we should walk in the Spirit. Do you know why, guys? Because it's in us. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead is inside of you. How responsible are you with that? It's important for us to recognize the power of God. It is important for us to realize that the power of God lives inside of you. But the biggest thing that you can do as a believer is seek after God. Seek after him with every single ounce of you possible with everything that you have, with every ounce of energy, with every single thing, nothing should ever come above that. Are you seeking after God and really tapping in to that power that lives within inside of you? Because with this great power comes great responsibility. Let's pray. Generally, Father God, I love you. I know there's many of us here that really, truly have a desire to seek you and follow you. And maybe some of us don't know what that means or what that looks like, God. So I pray if one of those people are sitting here tonight, that they are bold enough and courageous enough to step out and ask the questions. God, as believers, we have this amazing power that resides within us. We have this incredible gift that you have left us in the helper, in the Holy Spirit, God. The same power that resurrected Jesus Christ lives inside of me. Help me be responsible with that power so that I can experience everything that you have to offer me, God. God, I just want to end with sharing this final thought. Seek to understand by growing our roots deep 
into the good soil of our Heavenly Father so that we can experience and tap into all the power of the Holy Spirit has to offer. God, we love you and we praise you in your great name we pray.